The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special crossover episode of The Working Artist Project and Blind Duet. We have Darian the King Douglas with us. Yes. We've got I'm here. Gr- I'm here. <laughs> We've got Greg Ajid. Just Gregory. We've got Gregory Ajid. <laughs> <laughs> And my co-host, Ben Kahn. It's an audio format, Ben. You're going to have to do something other than wait. I'm Tom. We have prepared, each of us, we've prepared one song that was really important to us when we were learning our instruments. So for me and Darian, that's drums. Gregory, I'm not sure which instrument he's going to feature. We will find out. For Ben, that was guitar. We want to share a little bit of of ourselves and share a little bit of our story, but also highlight some really great music that was at the core of our learning experiences. Does anyone want to start? I feel like the king should start. Thank you. I, you know, I was trying to give you mere mortals a chance, but since uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and start, man. You know, and as the king, uh, it's gonna be the best one. So after mine, y'all might as well just turn the podcast off. So. <laughs> way back when in the 90s tom ben and gregory when i was learning to play uh music i i didn't start with drums right you guys know that right i, I played no. flute flute first get out no i did not know this about you that's that's right and i sucked and then my mom was like you know what i got a violin why don't you try that and guess what i was even worse and then she gave me a clarinet and, and believe it or not it was worse and so <laughs> my, my music teacher, he uh, he knew I wanted to play drums, and he saw so on the weekends he would bring me to his house to give me like violin lessons, but he would be giving me drum lessons. And so one of those days, he his his name was uh, Perry Combs. He's still alive. He is Perry Combs? And so Doctor Perry Combs played this song for me that I'll play for you guys uh, later, and and it changed my life. And Tom, you don't know this full circle event the drummer on this record i did a duo gig with uh here in new york uh, to a silent film that a friend of mine wrote and produced her name is garrett bradley who she's you you probably heard of her she's kind of a famous director and anyway so we we did a duo a few years back uh this drummer Drum, has drums since, and drums two drums silent film it was great people thought the shit was fucking amazing because it was so, so this record is a, it's a Miles Davis record, right? Live at Newport, 1958. And uh, the name of the song is Straight No Chaser. And I did not know what that meant at that age. But uh, when I moved to New Orleans, Gregory taught me. <laughs> <laughs> it's an iconic, super swinging song. All the baddest of the baddest cats on it. And, and a lot of jazz musicians know what it is. You know what I'm saying? I can play it right now. Mm-hmm. 
don't want to play the whole record because we ain't pay for that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that's it, man. That's the one. And, and you know, a funny thing is uh, when I moved to New York, people would always say, man, you sound like Jimmy Cobb. And I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, that that's my first guy. It's like my first drum love was Jimmy Cobb. And, and so, you know, I had one record. Back then, it wasn't no fucking, you know, you have a thousand records in your pocket. So I, he burnt this this record on a CD, and that was the only jazz record I had. So that's it's it's in my soul. Wow! All right, so it was Jimmy yeah. Cobb. So you played a duo gig. You scored a silent film with Jimmy Cobb. We improvised. What do you what do you think I would do? Call Jimmy Cobb and say, Jimmy, I wrote all this drum stuff. I need you to play it exactly. <laughs> no man, no. So me, I I had uh, I wrote a. I, I went to see Jimmy Cobb. This is like a year before we played together um, at Smalls, actually, funny enough. And, uh, and I wrote a Facebook post telling this story. Garrett saw it, right? And then she tagged Jimmy Cobb's wife. Jimmy Cobb's wife calls me. And, and, she, and I'm like, hello? She's like, I heard you love Jimmy Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> that was her opener? Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, wor- yes. Yeah, okay, cool. So, you know, then the rest is kind of history. And, and later on, Garrett did this film and she she wrote me and was like, yo, do you want to do this thing with Jimmy? And I was like, Jimmy who? She's like, Jimmy Cobb. Hell yeah. She was like, how much? She's like, it's paying. I don't care how much it's paying. I'm going to be there. You need me to carry his drum? What do you need me to do? And so we, we did it in Brooklyn and uh, he showed up. He played. We set our drums up opposite each other and and uh, we watched the film and we, we made music. Yeah. That's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, bro. But let's let's yes. rewind and, and talk about this track. So okay. what? So this was you didn't pick this track. This track picked you. Like you had just this one album to play along with, right? Right. I was trying to learn to play jazz, and my teacher figured that this was a good place to start. He wasn't a drummer. He didn't know how hard it was. So it's, it's definitely not like a beginner type situation. And, and it wasn't like he wrote out some stuff on a piece of paper. He was just like, listen to this play along to the record, uh, figure out how to swing. And so that's what I did for 20 years. (laughs) And so, Darian, at this time, you had never, this is your first experience with jazz as a a style of music or as an art form? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The only reason I'm a jazz musician today is because Tupac died, but that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to hip hop, man. I didn't really care that much about, actually, I thought jazz was boring until I heard this. And then I was like, there's something about the swing, the way he was playing the beat and Miles and them, they just sounded cool. And I was like, man, all right, I, I wanna try to do that. How old were you? I don't remember my exact age. It must've been like late fifth grade going into sixth grade, somewhere somewhere around there. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's an early start too. Well, for some. I think <laughs> for, 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 for being able to, like, or being like interested in that style and being, you know, trying to swing at that age, I feel like that's pretty young. I feel like most yeah. people get into it a little bit later. I was really listening to hip hop though. Like I don't want people to gotcha. think like I was like I was listening to jazz, but I was really listening to hip hop. <laughs> that's what I really wanted to do, but but you know, Tupac died. That was like ninety five, I think. Something like that. I can't remember what year was that. Y'all remember? Ninety five, ninety eight? I was definitely not listening to Tupac in 1995. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'll just be honest. I wasn't yeah. there yet. Ben and I, I just, were really into I was, lis- 
I was like NSYNC. listening to Hanson. 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 <laughs> The yeah. fuck? Yeah. The Space Jam soundtrack in 1996. That was a big one for me. That was a good one. Oh god. Hey, but we're not hey. talking about. I'm not talking about that record today. But that's that's a whole nother. That's more just. That's not really playing music. That's more just appreciating it. Right. My, my last question for you, Darian, is so to me, this is not a beginner track. Like I, I would struggle mightily today. I would probably struggle <laughs> mightily to to play what Jimmy Cobb played. So what we what was. What was that journey like from first hearing it and probably sucking ass at the beginning and then slowly <laughs> getting better and and learning to play like Jimmy Cobb? Uh, well, first of all, let me just be very clear. Like I sucked for a very long time. Mean, for years, I could not play what I was hearing on this record. So what I did was I just focused on one thing, which was the ride cymbal. And mm. so and I was like, okay, well, let me just try to get this. If I can just do that, and then maybe like in 10 years, I'll be able to do what he's doing in his left hand. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was the approach that I took. So I just, I tried to learn. And it was, I'm, I mean, there's video evidence. I could not play this in the fifth grade or the sixth grade or the seventh grade or the eighth grade, but I was trying. And, and that's what music is all about. Uh, hey, Darian, I just want to say also, I know you feel real special that, that that track touched you, but I downloaded that one on LimeWire back in the day, and I fucking, <laughs> I, I fucking loved it so much. And I'll never forget when I actually just like coincidentally bought the Newport, the Miles Davis Live in Newport CD, and that was the actual track on the record. I like shit myself. I was so excited that I had the CD with that actual recording that I had been listening to for so long. I love it. <laughs> That's great, man. Yeah, man. You know that that song is just real special, and, it, and I know it wasn't just special to me. You know, and then when I actually got a chance to play Newport, all I was thinking about was I gotta be as good as Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm here. I gotta do it like they did it. That's it for me, baby. Great first pick. Strong yeah, awesome. out of the, strong out of the gate. I think we should go second. Uh, we should go. Um, what am I trying to say? Working Artist Project, Blind Duet. Working Artist Project, Blind Duet. Ben? Tom. Mine also might be a similar genre to what Darian just did, so I think we should break it up a little bit. Okay, I'll, I will happily go next, but it's going to be weird going drummer into drummer, especially with... Oh, we're gonna well, be do you shifting. guys want to go... No, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm in it now. We're going to be we shifting go... paradigms yeah. without a clutch a little bit. Okay, yeah, yeah, go so I'm going to play... We'll play the first three seconds. Tell me if you recognize this. Oh yeah, no, what's that? What's that song, Ben? That's Feel Good Ink by the Gorillas. That's Feel Good Ink by the Gorillas. I'm gonna play it really quick. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Classic. <laughs> Classic, bro. Love it. All right. So the year's 2005. Wedding Crashers. Batman Begins. Those are the big top of box office movies. Gwen Stefani drops Hollow Back Girl. What else happened? Guitar Hero came out in 2005. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. And 2005 was... There's another big thing you're missing that happens in 2005. Yeah, so it was uh, <laughs> in our lives, for, for, for sure. me and Ben, it was our freshman year of high school and everything 
got turned upside down because of Katrina. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have, I have very strong memories tied to this track and this album, uh, I think because of evacuating for Katrina. I actually, so I got my drum set a couple of months before Katrina. It's probably like July. No, it must have been like May. And I just spent all my time in the back shed teaching myself. Orange, orange Mapex. It was an Orange Mapex. Good memory, Ben. I remember that kid with that extra Tom, that extra small Tom. Yeah, like three times instead of two. Four. Four. Man. Oh, yeah, because I had a floor Tom too. My bad. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting your story. But I, I, had, I had a great drum teacher eventually, Jeff Clapp, genius. But for the first couple of months, I was really teaching myself to play. And when I first got my drum set, this was the first song that I wanted to learn to play front to back, like know exactly what to do in, in and play along with the, with the drum track. And then like also add a little bit and it, cause it, it's a cool song because it has so much space and some spots where you can kind of do whatever you want. What stood out to me was a, this is, it's a really monotonous drum part for a lot of the song, which is great if you are just learning to play the drums. But it's got this, so it's got this four on the floor drum beat with a with very basic bass drum syncopation, which is what exactly that's exactly what I was working on. If you listen, there are a lot of very simple details that to my very green ears gave me lots of things to practice like that. So they're like very specific crash hits that you kind of can't miss. You have to hit those. Uh, it's got those additional bass drum notes that I thought if I could play that, if I could get those and understand how to do that, I was like ready for tour with the Mars Volta. I was a pro if I could figure that out. And there's like playing 16th notes on the hi-hat, another like very elementary thing to learn when playing drums. It's all very rock inspired. And then on the chorus, you get that acoustic guitar chorus on this track and suddenly all the drums cut out except for like hand claps. And so I thought that was just as instructive as learning to play the, the exact drum track of now I've got now it's pushing me as a drummer to think, okay, well, what do I do here? Yeah, I can just play those, those claps on the rim or whatever, but like, should I try something on the hi-hat? Should I be playing on the low tom? Oh, no, definitely not. What about the hi-hat? What should I be doing here? And like learning to create and not just mimic was really informative for me. And then beyond all of that, all of the sudden, De La Soul has a couple of verses on this track too. And being able and like understanding how the same drum rhythm can be reinterpreted through genre was a really powerful experience for me when I was just starting out and having a chance to play with the Gorillas and De La Soul all within two minutes and play like very strummy acoustic guitar chords and then this like sort of maniacal, um, very aggressive uh, rap breakdown in the middle of the song a couple of them was a really great exercise in understanding how i don't even know how to say it like the the voice of the drums so that's why this is this is my pick of like it sort of it it has everything i needed the like rudiments and the exercises and the structure would come later a couple of months when i like really started taking lessons seriously but at the time if all I had was a track to play along to, I thought this was a, a good one for me. I love that, man. Yeah, people don't really understand how hard drums, man. Drums is hard, man. You know, I'll, I'll say this. When Tom went to the Peace Corps, he 
lent me his drum kit for two years and it was in my house i maybe tried to play it two times in those two years and i was like nah not for me (laughs) ben i don't know if you realize this but every drummer is a genius yeah i mean i i'm thinking so because just the fact of just separating your body into doing different things that's really challenging also the drums are really loud so like that was what surprised me the most about when i sit behind the drums is even if i hit them soft it was just this really loud noise that was coming back to me and i was it's a very intimidating instrument uh it's very dynamic it's a really dynamic song and you have to be able to adjust and match that you can't just keep playing the same thing throughout the whole track that sounds terrible so it trained me also in listening a lot and understanding context and I learned a lot from, thank you, De La Soul, and thank you, Gorillaz, because uh, you, you were a big part of me learning how to play drums, not like a monster, just smashing stuff. <laughs> Playing with a groove. Realize, did you realize you were practicing dynamics then, or that was just something afterwards that you thought about? It's, I mean, it's like pretty in your face of like, there's this, there's this really driving rock bass heavy groove and then all of a sudden it's strummy acoustic guitars so it, it kind of puts it right in your face and say figure out what to do and that's that's like for for drums like that's not beginner at all man like drummer, drummers learn like to play dynamics like 40 years after they start playing <laughs> that's what i was going to say about just musicians in general i feel like that's that's like the next plane of musical existence is understanding dynamics i mean that's like there's you know, guys that are touring the world that maybe haven't even quite figured that out hundred percent yet, you know, and girls. Sorry. I, I mean, guys in the non, uh, gender yeah. way. Sorry. Humans and aliens. Humans. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, all of us. Yeah. All right. That was my pick. Gregory. Yeah. It's my turn. Gregor. Gregor. All right, let me just tell y'all that this assignment was extremely difficult, tedious, and challenging. I spent countless nights tossing and turning in my bed trying to figure out what song or even what the assignment actually was. I actually believe that. (laughs) But it's funny, as as we're doing this, I mean, there's a song that immediately jumps out to me. Um, but it could be a couple and, um, but anyways, this, this is the song. This is a song that I had a moment with and I feel like it touched my soul at the right time. And, uh, as a musician who predominantly plays jazz music and this was, this was like the first jazz song that I loved, like I absolutely loved. And, um, you know, when people say they don't like jazz, I, I, I can look them in the eye and be like, I know how you feel. Because I used to hate jazz. <laughs> like as a kid, there's so many times that I could. I, my mom, my, both my parents really enjoyed, you know, jazz music, and I was like, you know, it was like it's all right, you know, at best. So um, when I heard this particular track, I was. It was my first year at Noka, and I had been studying music under Kent Jordan and some pretty heavy jazz cats for a while, but I wasn't particularly sold on it just yet. And so I remember going down to the library at Noka. This is like my within the first couple weeks of school. And was Mr. Matt the librarian? Mr. Matt it was the librarian and he still is the librarian. Is he really still the librarian? Dude, he is still there. That That's is awesome. I yeah, love Mr. Super Matt. He's cool. the best. 
Yeah, he was he was such an he he dude he is he is an amazing dude, and he's so kind and welcoming and and really did an amazing job of making us all feel welcome at the library. And Absolutely. if you didn't turn in that CD, you were paying that late fine. Yeah. Trust me, he made sure you got his money. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so so I remember going onto one of the computers that was that was in the library, and there was an MP3, and it just said Oprivav on it. And it was funny. This is when um, I think it was like Winamp or one of those like MP3 playing softwares existed. And so I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. And I put some headphones on and I just like clicked this random MP3 on the desktop. And my I, my mind was like literally fucking blown from like the first moment of the song. So now I'm going to attempt to share it with y'all. <laughs> without playing too much of that like the moment oscar peterson comes in with that piano intro i was like what the fuck is this holy shit this is amazing and like sunny stitt comes in with that melody and and just there was like just something about like the intensity and the spirit of that particular recording that was like holy shit like could i play that absolutely not um could I even like aspire to play that? No, but I think I spent like the next like 15 years of my life like dreaming that one day I would play like a saxophone or clarinet solo as amazing and intense and full of notes and killing as Sonny Stitt did on that particular recording. <laughs> it's awesome. I've never heard that track before. That's, that's brand new to me. Wow. That's one of the ones, man. It's one of my favorite blueses, man. All pre you gotta check Charlie Parker out on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's like one of the first Charlie Parker melodies that I actually learned on guitar. Yeah, it's, in fact, it, it is the first one. Yeah, it's funny because, like, I mean, you know, hey, no disrespect to Bird, but there's something Uh-oh. about this recording. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's, there's just something about that recording, man, that I just love. You know, it's like the energy, I mean, look, I think it's the energy, and we can all we you know I think we're all musicians here. We all understand the power of the Oscar Peterson trio, man. Like, there's just something about that particular group that just like they it embodies like the spirit of swing in such a joyful way, and I think that also the way Sonny Stitt's playing is like is really great. Also, the audio quality on it particularly it doesn't sound old it doesn't really sound Mm. particularly dated so when i heard it it just sounded like something that could have been recorded you know a couple weeks before and and just left on the on the desktop but yeah i feel like with with charlie parker sometimes the recording quality is not it it sounds old you know so as a as a young person that was like a hurdle that i couldn't get over on some of those recordings (laughs) i know exactly that's like when you try to listen to to lewis when you're like 12 you're like you can't (laughs) because yeah what is it wax that's a very good point that i did not think of before is that as a kid some of that older stuff is just the recording quality is i mean now the kids love this whole nostalgia thing but like when we were when we were kids it wasn't quite as cool 
we were like still in the era of new technology being cool i think and so hearing these old recordings definitely is a little was a little bit of a turnoff at first like i'm not listening you know i don't want to listen to this <laughs> oh totally Absolutely, totally it sounded sure. dated but man let me just also say too as a clarinet player hearing that recording all i wanted to do was play clarinet like sonny stitt hmm. you know like i had no aspiration to play saxophone that was that was not really my thing but i just, i wanted to play clarinet like sonny stitt <laughs> is there is there a particular lick in the song it's like a run that he goes on that's that oh shit oh bro come on hold on one second (laughs) i gotta pull it back up again (laughs) i don't this is this is one thing i mean like right off the bat like he he plays that like cliche uh charlie parker lick that's like so how many kids around the world are like no, I don't want to play saxophone. That's for dorks. I want to play clarinet. Ah, one, Greg. Me. <laughs> it's just Gregory. Just me. I was like, man, saxophone's lame. <laughs> man. Dude, this, th- to, me, to me, honestly, like every note Sonny Stitt plays is just like so intense. He's like wailing and it's just like, it's just beautiful, but... This lick right here. I mean, after that, I was sold, you know? Like, you could play anything after that, and that would be cool. All right, that's a great pick, Greg. And uh, it's a new, I'm gonna go listen to the whole track, front to back, because it's it's brand new to me. Wow. Thank you for bringing it. Man, thank you for listening. Is there anything else you wanna say? Oh, am I up? I don't know, Greg. I didn't mean to cut you off, Greg. Hey, I'd also like to just point out for the record, um, Darren and I both picked an F blues. Ben? (laughs) (laughs) It's not an F blues. Uh, But mine is interesting because it kind of ties in with everybody's in an interesting way. So, in the sense that, as Tom mentioned, 2005 was definitely like a very big year. I started high school that year. And Hurricane Katrina happened that year. And um, I'm going to fast forward a little bit to when I actually moved back to New Orleans, summer of 2006. So before the hurricane, there was a kid who moved up the street from me who played saxophone. And we were both going to the same high school. And so we kind of become friends, but like not really because we were only in high school for like a few days and he had just moved in before the storm happened and then we didn't really talk but i moved back home and this kid is up the street and he's like hey do you want to hang out he knew that i played guitar a little bit and this is me at this time like guitar for me was like playing dave matthews band covers and like um dispatch i was really into like dispatch back then uh, and so, and re- of course, Red Hot Chili Peppers as well, which I almost picked a Red Hot Chili Peppers song because they are my all-time favorite band, but I didn't. I'm picking this song because this song has more of a story. So there's a special thing that's happening this year, this summer. They've actually opened up uh, the Louis Armstrong Jazz Camp 
to like more kids or something. There's some reason why like they're doing auditions like at the last minute or something because I guess because of the storm, people were just moving back. So like normally auditions, I think would have been sooner in the year, but they're like last minute, you guys can audition. And so my friend who lives up the street, he's like, yo, you play guitar, like you should audition for this camp. And I'm like, man, I don't know what jazz is. Like I'm playing mostly acoustic guitar. Like I barely even have an electric guitar. Like what is this? And so he teaches me like two songs. One is Chameleon by Herbie Hancock, like just the bass line on guitar, and I think maybe the melody. And the other thing he teaches me is like, he had this live recording of, tr- of Trombone Shorty from Jazz Fest. And so he taught me like a Trombone Shorty song, which was much more of a funk song called Orleans and Claiborne. So these are like the two songs I know. And like, I go to the audition, I say I can play some Chameleon. For whatever reason, they let me in. They shouldn't have let me in, probably, but they did let me into this to this summer camp. And I wanted to do this song, too, because this is actually where I meet Greg. This is where... Gregory tonight? Sorry. This is where I meet Gregory. He's one of the... Were you like an intern or a teacher? What was, what was your official title? Do you remember? That first... That, that was the first camp after Katrina? Yeah. I showed up... shirts. I showed up as a student. And I believe Calvin Johnson was supposed to be the intern and he was still out of town and I was promoted. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I meet Greg. That's where I get to uh, meet all these incredible teachers. Brian Kazare, Clyde Kerr, Kent Jordan, Alvin Batiste, uh, Kid Jordan, Alvin Fielder. Like it's just... A, a roster of like insanely heavy jazz uh, musicians and just people, just gurus of music. Like you can't really, when I think about it, it's kind of like insane that I was even there. I should not have been there. I knew barely knew how to play anything. I start to learn that you can like study music. I didn't realize that was a thing until, until this point. I, I thought you could just play songs and learn songs. I didn't realize that there was actually like a pedagogy that went with music from going to this camp. The same friend, he's like, hey, I'm going to this place, this high school uh, for their for their recital um, with my dad. Do you want to come with me? And that place is NOCA, New Orleans Center for the Creative Arts, where Greg went, where I went. And um, so I'm like, sure, I'll go. And we go there. First of all, I, I, I meant to, re- to, re- to reveal who this friend is, too. So this friend turns out to be ATN, or not turns out to be, is ATN Stufle, who you guys, I'm sure everyone on this call knows. Amazing saxophone player, amazing person, uh, touring member of Tank and the Bangas, right? Like, super awesome dude. He invites me to go to Noka with him for this recital. And he knows everybody. I know no one. It's like all the cats, like all the guys that we went to high school with that are like amazing musicians are there. And I know none of them yet. And I'm just this like random kid that's just tagging along with ATN. And <laughs> we go into a practice room and in the room or like one of the bigger classrooms at, at NOCA, sorry. In the room is Charles Bruchel on drums, Khan and Pappas on keys, Max Moran on bass and Clifford Samuel Hines on the guitar. I don't know any of these guys. Now I know I love the, I and mean, these guys can end up becoming like some of my great like lifelong friends people i talk to all the time cliff has been on the show uh our podcast uh charles has been on the podcast i mean all these guys right and so they start playing this song that i'm going to share with you guys now hey tom here jumping in for a quick edit 
Ben decided we would all just intuit the name of his song and didn't actually mention the title while recording. It's Aliliqui Valley by Herbie Hancock. Let's listen to it right now. I'm completely blown away. This is the first time in my life that I've ever seen kids around my age playing music on such a high level and having so much fun. And so I immediately I'm just like, I want to do that. Like, I want to do that more than anything. And this song, I know, Tom, the assignment seemed to be something about like, you know, a song that you actually learned. I'm not sure I ever even really learned how to play the song. I don't think... I think I tried to learn how to play the bass line on guitar. I remember like when I when I got it, when I found out about what song it was, the chord changes and everything were way too advanced for me. I had no idea what I was going to do, but I tried to play it. And I remember just wanting to sound as good as those guys did. You know, specifically obviously, of course, Cliff because he was on guitar and so that blew me away. But something about that bass line to me and like just seeing a kid my age with like an upright bass this is max with like this upright bass and just like playing that bass line. I was just like, what is going on? You know, like, what is this instrument? What is this sound? What are they doing? How can I do that? And like that right there for me is the moment where like my whole life changed. Like because of that moment, I end up going to Noka. I end up going to school for music. I end up doing everything because of that one moment, like nothing that's like, that's it. That's the pivotal moment in my life right there. For better or for worse, I guess. Maybe <laughs> I, maybe if I didn't go there, maybe my life would be better. I don't know. But it's, it's pretty good so far. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, this, a re- that's a really good song. It's so difficult to play. So uh, difficult, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm just impressed that high school kids are even attempting to, to play that song. Like, that's crazy. Wow. And you know what the funniest thing about it is? I don't have the recording of it. And like all these guys are amazing, but it, it could have sucked. Like I think about that sometimes when I think about this. I'm like, maybe they, you know, maybe they didn't have it down. Cause like we're, they're like 17 at this time playing this, playing this song. And all, like again, not taking anything away from these guys because they're all incredible musicians. But 17 year old version to like 16 year old me, like I don't know if it was, or 15 year old me, like I don't know if it was amazing technically. But it probably was. It probably no, was. Yeah, it probably was. That's the fucked up thing. <laughs> Bro, I have I have a very similar memory of Noka with like um the Royal Garden Blues, that tune, and like Trombone Shorty and Chris Royal and like John Baptiste were all playing it one day, Mr. Severance class. And I remember asking myself, I was like, Man, did they really sound that good? Or did it was it just like again my perception as a young child? And then I saw a video of Trombone Shorty playing with Jazz at Lincoln Center when he was 12. And I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, it really was that good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. It probably really was that good. I mean, all these guys are like, you Bro, know. Max and them and Cliff. Cliff, they could all fucking play, man. I would just say that. They could play. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, when I when I heard that, I was just like, whoa. I Like, these kids are, you know, a year or two older than me at the time, right? Like, and I'm just... Going from playing, you know, not to take anything away from Dave Matthews Band and Dispatch, because that's, you know, that's got its own its own uh, level of of difficulty and its level of of like uh, musicianship and technicality or whatever. But like 
seeing this like this level and seeing it from kids my age just absolutely blew me away and yeah like you were saying darian that song is really really hard to play and i still i i would never it's almost like i think to a certain extent because of how much how much that song means to me i've never even tried to play it like i've never even really you know like played it on a gig or anything i'm just like no that's like sacred to me is like i want to cherish that memory of of hearing it for the first time really appreciate how i guess the polite way to say it is we all brought of, of uh, songs that are so important to us in very different ways. And the thought in my mind is I must have not explained this idea very well because no one got what I was trying to get. That's what I figured. This, That's what I was worried about. this podcast series. What, what was your point? What did you want us to break? <laughs> I thought it would be cool if this was a series that could be instructive to young learners of like, Hey, kid, just learning to play the drums or just learning to play guitar. Here's a song that I played along to a lot in in the back shed in my room because X Y Z. This is what you Wait, can thought, gain out of. I think maybe I'm the only track. one who didn't do that though. I think because I think Darren definitely talked about how he played along to 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 yep. learn about how to swing with like one of the, I mean one of the best swing drummers, you know, jazz drummers of all time, right? Like how who better to learn from? You talked about the dynamics and Greg talked about the phrasing and everything with Sonny Sid. So really it's just me that messed up. <laughs> I, I, I will say this too. You know what the, the crazy thing about with jazz music is just it's so fucking hard that I I mean to have a young person be able to play along with Miles Davis or Herbie Hancock or whatever, or even like transcribe one of those solos. It's actually extremely challenging. And like as a t- an educator, like someone who's like trying to find solos for high school age students to transcribe, it's not easy, man. Because this stuff is so complicated. I think about that too. Like I remember one of the first solos. Not to just go on like this Noka tirade, but like one of the first solos they gave us was like. Thelonious Monk, Blue Monk. <laughs> and like, I think back and I'm like, in a way it wasn't that hard to play, but like conceptually, it's hard. It's like insanely complicated. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, I know I did not appreciate that solo or like what I was learning back then at all. This is the thing, man. When you're learning to play music, no matter what genre you're playing along to, it's extremely difficult. Because, because you have to go through this process of uh, exploration. You have to like first listen so much that you can kind of like hear what it's supposed to be on an instrument that you cannot play. Like there's just no question. I can't play this instrument at all, but I got to listen to this pe- person do this thing that is a, a professional and then try to emulate that on an instrument that I cannot play. Like that, <laughs> like that, just think about that. Like, it's like, can you imagine a heart surgeon just watching the heart surgery for like a year and saying, all right, I'm going to try it now. That's basically <laughs> what we do. <laughs> I'm going to try that. And it, it, but it just takes years. It's like you're going to be fucking around with that Sonny Stitt solo for t- 15 years before you really feel like you can nail it, like all the subtle nuances and understand why he was choosing notes and playing phrases like that. Took the breath. Why did you take the breath there? There's so much information that it takes that much time. You know, even in the groove that you you did, Tom, like there's so much subtle stuff happening that it just takes a long time to really, really to nail it because that dude is a master or that woman is a master, you know. 
So you 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 we did it. We did exactly what you asked us to. Is base that was my long way of saying that, Tom. So you nailed it. We nailed it. <laughs> yes, you did. This was great. This was a ton of fun. That was pretty. Like my track was particularly complicated. As I get older, I was trying to listen to more simple things and understand how yeah, to get like, more complicated. I went, I went with this one because it's early in the timeline. But I, I, I there's like some later stuff like. I, that I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to sharing. That's like definitely like what you're saying, Greg. It's de- it definitely just gets a little bit easier, actually, but also more complicated in a way because it's more subtle complexities as opposed to the I can't play this instrument. Now it's like, what am I listening to? You know, like it's like a whole it, other thing. It like, becomes more conceptual. Exactly. Exactly. And like, you know, than technical. Yeah. If you found this episode via Blind Duet, please. Do yourself a favor and go listen to the Working Artist Project. Darian, in in 10 seconds, what is the Working Artist Project? The best podcast on earth. Okay. I was gonna say take, I was gonna say take, a fucking awesome. Oh my god. What it's is awesome. the what is what is the the purpose right, I'll, I'll, of the Working right. Artist Project? Yeah, on the Working Artist Project, Gregory and I dive deep into the lives of working musicians, artists, comedians, uh, all people who create, just generally creative people. So, if you if you like to listen to this podcast, you're gonna love our podcast. So, uh, go go do the thing, listen at it. If you are uh, an aspiring creative, if you are a young person, and you want to really, if you want a great peek into what it is like living as a professional in any discipline check out the working artist project darian and greg like tease out the lessons and can impart some wisdom on you so it's a it is an amazing podcast all right all right y'all all right right. thanks again hope you're doing well man thanks see you soon bye awesome later guys Bye.